You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 17th, 2018. My name is Phil Brossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Welcome to today's uh, episode, the first, I guess, official episode of the first week after the season ends. I'm going to start player evaluations today with the with my thoughts on the Frank Vogel firing. I, I don't think I've really shared those thoughts. I, I was on Locked On Fantasy Basketball talking about it a little bit, um, and, and I finally got a chance to sit down and write some of my thoughts down, uh, so I'll share some of those with you on today's episode. I'm also going to talk a little bit about Victor Oladipo. It's been a huge conversation topic among Magic fans. I'll add a discussion starter up on LockedOnMagic.com tomorrow as well. Uh, to kind of dr- continue driving this discussion, continue hearing your thoughts on the on Victor Oladipo and his standout play as the Indiana Pacers continue their playoff series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But today you have to obviously start with the bit of news that came out about the Orlando Magic today, or, or I guess Monday. Uh, the Orlando Magic are scheduled, according to Shams Charania of Yahoo Sports, the Magic are scheduled to interview Jerry Stackhouse for their head coaching position. Of course, when that interview takes place, no one is quite sure of yet. Uh, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, uh, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are both overseas for a scouting trip, perhaps to see Luka Doncic, perhaps to visit David Blatt, perhaps just to check in on what's going on overseas and going on with EuroLeague and and all the prospects over there. They could be doing a million different things. They could be taking a vacation for all we know. They might vacation together. I, I I need a vacation. I'm taking one pretty soon too. But uh, whatever the case may be, that interview will likely come next week, not this week, or if it comes this week, toward the end of the week once that once that scouting trip is complete. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse's name has long been connected to the Magic coaching job, even before it was clear that the Magic were going to fire Frank Vogel. Uh, the 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 connection between him and Jeff Weltman is just abundantly clear. Jeff Meltwin was part of the front office that hired Stackhouse as an assistant coach of the Toronto Raptors and then eventually turned him into the head coach for Raptors 905. Some of you may be asking, so, okay, the Magic are going after Jerry Stackhouse. We know him as a basketball player, a legend from North Carolina, long career with, with in the NBA, uh, most notably with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay, we, we know a little bit about him, but... Why him? Why him? Well, you know, I think the Magic are going to look at some some coaches that don't have a lot of coaching experience already or don't have NBA coaching experience. They want an up-and-coming guy, guy who's going to develop their players, kind of grow with them, uh, stuff that we've heard before in the past, uh, but someone who's going to kind of instill the culture that they want to want to build, and it's still a winning culture at that. Give Jerry Stackhouse a ton of credit for the coaching job he's done. Uh, this was really my first year following the G League fairly closely. I wouldn't say I followed it as closely as I would like. Um, but this is my first year really following the G League. And I do have to say um, that it is a challenge with the, I mean, aside from the travel, aside from the motivating guys, aside from all that, it's a challenge in that your roster is constantly changing. The Magic were, were we're kind of fiddling around with with Lakeland's roster all season long. It was kind of unfair, uh, in some respects, what the Magic did to Lakeland if if if, if their results actually mattered. Tr- Jeff Weltman t- 
took the same approach that he took from Toronto or the same approach that the Raptors took to the way that they they used the Lakeland Magic this year. Some spot starts for, for roster, for end-of-the-roster guys, um, kind of shuttling back and forth between the two teams. So to be successful in the G League with that situation is something to be proud of, is something to note, is something to uh, point out. Jerry Stackhouse, in the last two years with Raptors 905, he's won the G League championship, and he's made the G League finals. Back-to-back finals appearances in any any league is something to point out and is something to uh, praise and is something to applaud. Um, so Stackhouse is probably one of the best young coaches in the league. He has aspirations to be a head coach. He wants to be an NBA head coach. Um, he doesn't have a lot of NBA experience, but he has G League experience. He has professional experience, and he's obviously been a good mentor, a good developer of talent for the Toronto Raptors main roster, Pascal Siakam, Dellen Wright, all can both contributing this year. Both both grew up under Jerry Stackhouse's watch at Raptors 905. And obviously, he was able to put that development to use in winning, which is, I think, a big thing that the Magic are looking to do as well. No other no other word yet on who the Magic, who else the Magic might interview. I don't think Stackhouse will be the only guy. I think that the Magic will also take a look at Toronto Raptors assistant coach Nick Nurse for the same reasons that you look at Jerry Stackhouse. I think that the search will also broaden from there. Uh, you know, rumors are that you know maybe the Magic go after James Borrego, a guy who was an interim coach with the Magic under Jacques Vaughn or after Jacques Vaughn. Um, I, I don't think they'll go that direction. Someone had asked me about that, but. You know, a couple other names that have been thrown out there, not really any rumors attached to them, but Monty Williams, former head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. A guy, If you're looking for a guy that has NBA head coaching experience, Monty Williams would be the guy that I target. I'd also target David Blatt. Um, I, that, I said that earlier half-joking, but now I say it seriously. Uh, David Blatt, I think, would also be a good hire, a good guy to bring into the fold. Um, I think he got a raw deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers and and probably deserves a second chance at being an NBA head coach. Um, Whether this is the right fit for him, I don't know. Um, But Monty Williams, David Blatt, I think are definitely in the running. If you're looking at other assistants, uh, you know, there are definitely a few out there. Rex Kalamian from the the Toronto Raptors. Um, You know, a a lot of people have noted Ator Messina, a guy that I've been a big proponent of as well from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, there are a lot of really good coaches out there uh, for, for the Magic to to look at. Um, the list is not determined. There are no rumors outside of this Jerry Stackhouse rumor, so I want to repeat that. Right now, all that's being reported is the Magic do have an interview scheduled with Jerry Stackhouse. I imagine, judging by the fact that Stackhouse also has an interview planned with the Charlotte Hornets, as well as the New York Knicks, that Stackhouse will be the first domino to fall. He's actually the only guy that's really, or one of the main guys that's really available. The Raptors Raptors 905 is done for the year. He's available to interview. He's available for contract negotiations. So he might end up being the first domino to fall just by convenience. I think the Magic will wait a little bit longer. I think they'll try and wait out Nick Nurse. So they'll they'll, um, get a sense of him between the playoff series now. Uh, So plenty of time here. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think the Magic are in any rush to make a coaching decision to make a hire. They want to, as Jeff Waltman said, we want to get it right. We don't need to do we don't want to do it fast. We want to do it right. Um, and so I think it's important that they interview and, and talk to as many people as they can. I've I've had a few good names. I've had some people suggest some good off the wall names that I really like actually. Um, someone suggested Becky Hammond. I, I'm 
I'm a little hesitant to make this the job that, that you break the glass ceiling in, but if she's the best for the job, she's the best for the job. If you're going to interview Becky Hammond, go call Cheryl Reeve from the Minnesota Lynx. Just do it. She is a fantastic coach. Obviously, has had a lot of success with the Lynx. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, full disclosure here, I worked for the Lynx the summer before they hired Cheryl Reeve. That program, that franchise was in a little bit of a mess. A lot of injuries, didn't really have much direction. Cheryl Reeve comes in, their general manager picks up the right piece in Lindsey Whalen. They get the right draft pick with Maya Moore, and they've been a dynasty ever since, since 2010. They've been a dynasty in the WNBA. And, you know, it, it, you can read what Cheryl Reeve has wrote, written about women's basketball and, and about demanding that, that, that media cover women's basketball the same way they cover men's basketball, which I absolutely agree with. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the WNBA. Um, Cheryl Reeve is is a fantastic leader, a fantastic person. I, I, she's probably good for good to be in the women's game, but um, I, 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 if if the Magic gave her an interview, I would be leading the charge to say she is she is a keeper. She's someone that you should definitely seriously consider. Uh, but again, that's just me spitballing. That's just me throwing ideas off the wall. Um, there are a lot of really qualified coaches out there, and I think that that we'll see who the Magic end up taking down the road again. Just for now, just for now, the only rumor, the only rumor is the Magic do have an interview scheduled with Jerry Stackhouse. And since we're talking about coaching and, and since we're, we're here at the, the beginning of the end of the season, um, it, I have not really shared my thoughts on the firing of Frank Vogel and, and the Magic's decision to, to let Frank Vogel go. Um, if you've, you've heard me talk on here, I'm a big believer in building culture, uh, in, in making sure that the right framework, the right mindset, the right ideas are being put in place. And, and that was a big reason why I was so anti-tanking throughout the season. And, and people, you know, the tankers were like, oh, this isn't building culture. And, it's, and, 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 and this team is not doing what they need. This team is not building culture. They're just losing. And, and I was like, yeah. They're not losing. They, they failed to do the one thing that I was asking them to do to try and build a culture, to try and just give an effort. I mean, like I, like I said toward the end of the season, you want to lose despite your effort, not because of it. And then there are plenty of losses toward the end of the season where it looked like the Magic were just tanking. And that makes some people happy. That didn't make other people happy. So what? So be it. So, so, so we're done. Um, but I, I did see some good things from Frank Vogel. And, and I did think that while he may not have been the absolute right coach for this team, he may not have been absolutely the guy that that you wanted for the long haul, I felt that continuity was still valuable, that build that that laying the foundations, that Vogel was laying the foundations, that they were building up from something, and that sending a statement to the players and, and really to the league that this is our guy, that Frank Vogel is our guy. I felt like that statement was potentially very big. And, you know, again, potentially very big. And, and that was my reason for supporting Frank Vogel and saying, I think he should be back for another year. I think he should get next year. It, it would be kind of a lame duck year, and he'd have to prove something. He'd have to continue that growth and, and, and show some tangible progress next year to keep his job. But... I felt that he deserved another year. This was really a no-win situation for him. The roster was not built to succeed. Or if it was, it would, it would be by sheer force of will. 
when things got bad, I mean, injuries this year especially really played a role in the Magic's downfall and the Magic's struggles. And so, as I sit back and, and try to evaluate Frank Vogel and the job that he did, I think it's very difficult to, to, uh, to think and, and, and decide how much of what we saw from the Magic and from Frank Vogel is on the coach and how much is on the players. We all know that that the whole franchise is due for change. The roster is going to change, and obviously the coaching staff is going to change. Everyone was fired except for Matt Hill. And so clearly, the Magic made the decision that Vogel wasn't their guy for the future. That they didn't, they weren't seeing the foundations later. They weren't seeing the foundations they wanted, or that they felt like he wasn't reaching the players in, in a way. And, and, and to some extent, I think that's true. I think despite the players' platitudes towards Vogel on the last day of the season, despite their defense of him throughout the year saying he brings a really positive attitude, you know, we're, we're, we're going through the tape, you know, it's on us to be better, and that, that's admirable. But during the season, it definitely looked like there were times where the Magic just did not feel committed to what Vogel was saying or did not feel that... It did not feel that the Magic were doing everything they could to play for this coach. There were times this year, and I hate using this word again, there were times where it felt like they quit on him. Or quit on the game plan, at least. And several players said after the season ended, or, or toward the end of the season, we, we could never get back to what we were doing earlier in the year. I can't imagine that Frank Vogel changed very much of his philosophy or changed very much of the playbook. To me, that is a sign of the players kind of admitting, yeah, we dropped the ball. We didn't execute. We didn't play the way we know we're capable of playing. And so again, the question with Frank Vogel and, and evaluating him this year is how much of that rests on the coach and how much of that rests on the player. The one thing that we do know is Frank Vogel does have some very big flaws as a head coach. And I don't think any of them are new. They're things that existed when he was with the Indiana Pacers. He was, he's, he's a video guy. He's an analytical guy. So he is very slow to change his rotations. He's not going to change his rotations until, until the noise dies down. And it's clear that it's not just small sampling, a small sample size, that is causing these observations. So rotations were slow to change. We were calling all year for simple things like playing Mario Azonio more or playing Ken Birch over Bismack Biombo, finding opportunity for Ken Birch to begin with. All those changes seemed to come a hair late. And again, this isn't new. This is what he did in Indiana. He stuck to his rotations. He didn't make in-game adjustments quickly. He he kept to his set rotations longer than he should have. Indiana fans complained about this incessantly. He trusts he trusted veterans more than young guys, and so the veterans got a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt, even when they weren't playing up to the level they needed to. These are all problems. These are not as big of a problem when you have more talent, when you can get away with it, when you have a Paul George to bail you out. But these are big problems when your roster is really struggling and kind of devoid of talent or or very similar talent-wise. 
being slow to take a risk, to, to gamble, or to, to, to find something that works instead of keeping trying the same thing that wasn't, that's something you got to do as a coach at, the, at, at this level of play. On top of all this, Vogel was very clearly reshaping his philosophies. Beginning of last season, he wanted to copy exactly what he did in Indiana. That did not work. They trade Serge Ibaka, and he suddenly starts talking about modernizing the offense. Toward the end of this season, and, and the offense largely modernized, but they were still 25th in the league in offensive rating. This was not a good offense. Defensively, the thing that Vogel was supposed to be good at, even during the 8-4 and four start, there were, there were holes defensively, despite how well the Magic were playing. And the Magic did end up finishing 19th in defensive rating, which isn't bad, especially considering where they were at. And, and the way they finished the season on defense, despite the opponents, is certainly a good sign. It certainly helped with that. But the Magic weren't defensive juggernauts. They gave up tons of points in the paint. They, they were a bad defensive team still. And Vogel, toward the end of the season, even talked about how my defensive principles from Indiana no longer work. To me, that became a statement of my philosophies, the thing that I've staked my reputation on, no longer work. Vogel had become a dinosaur very quickly. At least his philosophies did. And I think before Vogel becomes a head coach again, he's going to have to really refine what he believes in and how he wants his team to play. Because for two years with the Magic, he was constantly adjusting the very basic philosophy that you're trying to play with. And that is extremely difficult, especially when you're trying to build a culture. Culture is as much about effort as it is about philosophy and play style. And that was tough for the Magic. So it, it it really felt like, so, you know, as I've thought about it over the course of the last five days, four or five days, the arguments for letting Vogel go begin to pile up. Yes, injuries played a role this year. Yes, continuity helped the team get out to the hot start. And yes, there are deeply ingrained cultural and organizational problems that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are working to solve. And this season was not Frank Vogel's fault. But that didn't mean Frank Vogel did a good job. And if I'm Jeff Weltman, if I don't believe Frank Vogel is my head coach of the future... This is the time to make the change because you're making changes everywhere else. Overall, I gave Frank Vogel a C for his season. He did some good things. I thought he developed young players particularly well this year. But he did a lot of bad things too. And just just plain and simple, he isn't what the Magic need today. Something that the Magic certainly could use today, and I think a lot of Magic fans are wishing they had today, 
is former Orlando Magic guard Victor Oladipo. Sunday afternoon, Victor Oladipo scored 32 points, including the dagger three-pointer in a 98-80. I think it was 98-80. It was a big win over the Cleveland Cavaliers at Quicken Loans Arena to give the Indiana Pacers a 1-0 series lead. If you go on the Magic subreddit, if you go on Twitter, if you go anywhere Magic fans are talking, they were all talking about Victor Oladipo and the mistake the Magic made trading Victor Oladipo. I will say this at the time, and I will continue to say this at the time, the decision in hindsight is clearly wrong. But at the time, it was a gamble worth taking. Maybe not that deal. Maybe not the Serge Ibaka deal, and certainly some of the other moves that the Magic made afterward made that Serge Ibaka deal look really stupid. But Victor Oladipo was not this in Orlando. He wasn't even close to this. He was shooting about 43%. His three-point field goal percentage was increasing and was getting better, but he struggled to finish at the rim. And we were all and he was legitimately coming off the bench for portions of that 35-win season. We were never sure if Oladipo was going to make the star leap. We I, I wrote several articles about it that final season with Oladipo. And it came down to were the Magic willing to pay Victor Oladipo a max contract, 21, 22, 23, $24 million per year to keep him? That was a legitimate question. And it was never that, and I know that summer I posited the, the comparison as the Magic essentially have to pick between Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo. That really wasn't the decision. The decision was Evan Fournier at $17 million per year or Victor Oladipo at $23, $24 million per year. And it felt like, I mean, and I think you can argue both ways. Obviously, you can argue it both ways. Even forgetting what Oladipo has become. You can argue it both ways. And it was a, a legitimate risk that the Magic took. A risk that Rob Hennigan really staked his entire job on. And of course, it came up craps because he didn't get the right he didn't get the right compensation for Oladipo, and the Magic floundered that season. Of course, Victor Oladipo wasn't this in Oklahoma City either. And Oladipo has admitted that watching Russell Westbrook play, getting traded twice in a in less than a year, really humbled him really taught him how much harder he has to work. That taste of the playoffs told him he had not arrived yet and that he had not fulfilled his potential. For a player to make the leap Oladipo has made this late in his career is a very rare thing. It does not happen. And all credit goes to Victor Oladipo for proving all the doubters wrong, including myself, and becoming the superstar that he is becoming. He still has his flaws. I still watch his game, and I still see hints of what made the Orlando Magic doubt him a little bit. And I'm sure Cleveland is going to come back with a great game plan in Game 2 to try and slow him down. And I'm sure I can predict what it's going to be. It's you know, You're going to have to make him go side to side. Trapping him is big in pick and rolls. Force him to make decisions at a slower pace, almost. Instead of going straight line, 
100%. But certainly, the Magic can look back at that decision with regret. It was a mistake. And honestly, the people who made that mistake are now gone. Rob Hennigan is fired. Scott Skiles is gone. Frank Vogel is gone, if you want to blame him for that decision. And so, I think it's important for Magic fans, even as they watch this these, these playoffs, even as they watch Victor Oladipo out there being everything we always imagined he could be, it's important to close that book and say, yeah, the Magic messed up. We know that. The people who messed up have paid that price with their jobs. And now it's time to move forward, to look forward. The Magic are in a very similar situation with Aaron Gordon this summer. Uh, He is a restricted free agent. He's going to command a salary that is north of $20 million per year. He has very, very, very similar statistics to Victor Oladipo in that last year with Orlando. And it seems fairly certain that unlike with Oladipo, the Magic are willing to invest in his future. Will Gordon grow and become the superstar that we all think he can be? Or will he stagnate? Will he kind of suffer within this culture and become an overpaid player? That that is the risk. That is the risk in front of the Magic. The same risk that that stood in front of them when they traded Victor Oladipo two years ago. And so I, I would ask and I would say mistakes were made. People have been sacked. Let's look forward. Let's move forward with this franchise instead of looking back at the mistakes that, they, that were made over the last six years. And there were plenty. And I get that they're frustrating. This team has been frustrating for six years. But you can't dwell on the mistakes of the past. You have to learn from them and move on with the future. And honestly, I see this a lot too. Fans want to say, oh, the Magic are just going to blow it. They're going to let Gordon walk, and he's going to turn into a star. Or Hazonia will turn into a star. That might be true. You can't predict the future. But you got to give Jeff Waltman and John Hammond some benefit of the doubt right now and give them the chance to make to, to go out and make moves and maybe make a mistake or two. Hazonia... Declining that team option was probably a mistake. Not a killer mistake, like the Victor oladipo Serge Ibaka trade. But yeah, probably a mistake. And we'll see how they learn from it, and we'll see how they grow the team from it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And, of course, check us out on the web at LockedOnMagic.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our NBA Draft Big Board, it is finally coming. Ricky Skricka put together a big board for the NBA Draft. That'll be up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com later today, so be sure to check that out. Some podcast announcements. Tomorrow, I will have a guest on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about Magic fandom. So very excited to have that discussion. Should be a good one. You can, of course, check me out talking about Frank Vogel on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. 
uh, a very good fantasy basketball podcast. If you don't listen to it already, definitely subscribe to that podcast. Great daily recaps of the NBA gets you, gets you ready for your fantasy season in the summer. Daily fantasy throughout the year. Uh, great analysis, uh, as, as always, on that show. So definitely check that out. Uh, and later on this week, I am still deciding I may take Thursday's episode of Locked On Magic off. Um, so if you don't see an episode on Thursday... That, this is why. Uh, that's why. Um, but I haven't decided 100% yet. So, like I said, I may be scaling back to th- to three or four episodes per week here um, for a while, for a while uh, until until draft stuff really picks up. Uh, so just be on the lookout for that. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.